When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the best of the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. Thanks for joining us. If you are new to the show, this is where we play the best five to ten minutes from every long form show we do and hopefully you get to hear a new host or new guest or a new segment that maybe you hadn't heard during the week before we get started i just want to remind everybody please rate review and follow the gold standard podcast network i always say if you leave a review we will read it on the show this one comes from steve k09 who says 49ers and five starts my day listening to stats update all the need to know every day is better than the morning cup of coffee the energy and insight gets me moving for the day thank you very much steve we do appreciate it 49ers and five is our daily five minute update that you get every weekday in case you want to check that out that's not mentioned in the show but there you go i just did all right let's get right to it we start on tuesday this week with the bully ball podcast with jason aponte and steph sanchez let's talk about it Debo samuel Mm-hmm. I do a podcast uh, outside of this with Andrew Pasquini. Andrew Pasquini, I'm going to steal his his quote. This is not 2021, Debo Samuel. This is 2023, Debo Samuel. His last three games, six total touchdowns. Uh, you know, 344 receiving yards. Just what is it about Debo Samuel that makes this offense go? Christian McCaffrey is undoubtedly a chess piece that makes people, you know, lose sleep and they move around. But my goodness, Steph, this team goes as Debo Samuel does. There's nobody. He is the heartbeat of this team. The heartbeat of this team. They go as he does. I don't want to hear it with no more discussion about it. This team goes as Debo Samuel goes. I don't, I, I, I'm just done with it, Steph. It's, it's him. He's the heartbeat. Yeah, for for everyone who is always somehow pitting, you know, Debo and Ayuk against each other because of the conversation of, oh, they can't afford both of them. For one, yes, they can. And for two, they absolutely should pay both of them, uh, you know, if that opportunity presents itself, because both of these guys bring something unique to the team right and we see Debo Samuel and his impact on this team I mean we saw it during the losing streak that the 49ers had of the three games Debo Samuel not being there uh was a huge reason reason I thought as well as Trent Williams uh was a huge reason that you know the 49ers offense kind of sputtered a bit in in those games despite having Christian McCaffrey there and available but Debo Samuel gives you something a little bit extra he's able to will this team even in like moments where it feels like, oh, the game's kind of close. Okay, let's let's just get a big Debo Samuel play, and suddenly it feels like a completely different game. And and that's just the type of energy that he brings onto the field too. It's like a it's like a mindset thing with Debo, and it's infectious. It it you know it it goes to all of the other players on offense, and I think. Everyone on offense is just more confident when they know that Debo's out there because they know any time that man touches the football, it could go for a big play. It could go for a touchdown. That's that's the power of Debo. I, I love that man. Walk in your trap, take over your trap. That is literally Debo Samuel. That is literally that idea, right? And this team is literally running through him in every way. Christian McCaffrey is on pace for 2,000 scrimmage yards. I am not downplaying Christian McCaffrey. But this team's attitude, their swagger, their physicality, it runs through Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel is literally the heartbeat of the San Francisco 49ers. 
And I don't want to hear it anymore because, well, Ayuk's a better route runner. Well, I don't know if you can... No. His impact goes further than X's and O's. It's about embodying a swagger, embodying a personality. This team is Debo Samuel's team, and they go as he does. I think it's evident. I don't think that I even really need to make an argument for it. I think it's pretty clear because, as Steph said, the three games that they missed, obviously Trent Williams wasn't there, and he's pretty good too, even though PFF, you know, you know, clean sheet, but, you know, 60, 60 uh, grade, you know, PFF, like li- literally a clean sheet. He didn't give up one pressure in this game. Obviously, Trent Williams matters, 100%. He's the best left tackle I think that's ever played the game. Mm-hmm. But, my God, this offense, when Debo Samuel's out there, it's it's just it, – this entire team is just completely different. They are just different, and that's that's all I have to say about that That's at this point. Steph, the San Francisco 49ers are the number one seed. I think – you know, we're already 45 minutes into this. You know, we're getting, you know, close to what do the San Francisco 49ers have to do to keep the number one seed, right? Um, we had the injury to Javon Hargrave, Mooney Ward, right? And it sounds like they skirted big injuries, which is a good thing. And there's never a good time to have injuries. But if there ever was a time, thank God, because they play Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. By the way, I'm picking the San Francisco 49ers to beat. The Arizona Cardinals on Sunday. Uh, I don't care who's out there. Right? Wow. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. I'm going out on a limb, right? Um, But what do the San Francisco 49ers have to do to keep the number one seed? Do they have to win out? Or are we just all in on the Seattle Seahawks this week? It, it, it's so gross. It is so gross. Dallas one week, then Seattle the next week. I just, I don't feel right. This is not good. And I don't like the football gods for putting me in this position to having to root for these teams. Yeah, I mean... Look, it's pretty clear that the Eagles are going through something uh, right now. The oh. Seahawks are like their their next big test, I guess. Hey, the Eagles are going watch through. Out. The Eagles well, are going through. Watch out, Danny DeVito or not Danny DeVito, Tommy DeVito. <laughs> Tommy DeVito, Tommy DeVito <laughs> uh, against against that Eagles team could be interesting. Um, it, you know, the real, Eagles are going Italian through something. New Yorker right there. The the Eagles are going through fraud syndrome. Right? Like they're trying to like fight yeah, the fraud flu. They're going through the fraud, fraud flu. flu. They're trying to figure oh out God. they're trying to figure out yeah, they're 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 getting over the fraud flu and uh it's kind of just being exposed. But yeah, keep going. I'm sorry. Steph. So so yeah, I mean I think the Eagles find their way and because I, I just don't simply think the Seahawks are it, despite them, you know, putting up as many points as they did against the Cowboys. Um, sure, like it'd be great if that happened. I'm just not counting on it. So I'm I'm still thinking the 49ers do have to win out, you know, the rest win of out. this season. And because they control their destiny, right? Why why leave it up to anyone else? You know, mm-hmm. you you control your own narrative here, your your own um, you know, story. So the best way to do that is to just continue winning games. And, you know, obviously they want to, it's not like they're sitting back now and and thinking to themselves, well, we got it now. So, you know, (laughs) we can, we could chill. No, I mean, they, they definitely want to secure it. And in order to secure it, like you got to continue to win. So yeah, yeah, I I think that's what they're going to have to do. Obviously the next big game on the schedule for them is against the Ravens Christmas day. Day. Uh, So that one will be, really interesting but you know i i still feel good uh about the 49ers they're gonna be at home uh you know i don't know i i just i think they're gonna be able to do it yeah and again you know winning out is obviously the goal right like you're not gonna try to lose games or anything like that and nobody knows what could happen right i i think it was a few weeks ago where i said oh my god the detroit lions and their schedule well now look you lose to the chicago bears you lose to the green bay packers all right well you're on fraud you're on fraud pack watch now 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 you're in that in that same bucket, right? Um, and kind of to Steph's point about the the Baltimore Ravens, I mean, I hate to give praise to the Los Angeles Rams, but my goodness, man, they played the Ravens right to the gun, right? Like, and they kind of showed something a little bit, right? And I I think we can all agree the San Francisco 49ers are more talented than the Los Angeles Rams. So anything can happen, right? Um, it begs the question that the San Francisco 49ers, right? If the 49ers want to do what we think they should do what we all want them to do. The 49ers would not lose a game for how many weeks? Because you're talking about going into that game in February and not the Pro Bowl, and you haven't lost a game. So it's right there in front of the 49ers right now. You know, when you talk about controlling your own destiny, it's there. Like, you have to take care of business. 
I think um, if I ever want to be let down, then I would root for the Dallas Cowboys actively because nobody lets you down like them. So, you know, they still have they still have some games to play as well. But if the San Francisco 49ers just want to keep what they have, all they have to do is control their destiny, right? Arizona, probably a win. Baltimore, spoiler alert, I'm going to pick the 49ers to beat Baltimore. Then what? Washington, Los Angeles. Those are games you should win. Those are games you mm-hmm. should win. Absolutely, 100%. So it's not out of the question. So it's just nice to know that there were a few weeks ago where we were sitting here like, can they, can they catch the Eagles? Can they do this? And look at how quickly things change, right? Narratives switch fast. It's a week-to-week league. And now the San Francisco 49ers are by far the best team in football. By far. Not even close. I don't want to hear about any other team right now. Not the Eagles. I don't care what the Cowboys do. The Cowboys could beat every JV, high school team, college team in the world until they beat the 49ers, until they beat a team that actually is going to be going deep into the playoffs, which might not be the Philadelphia Eagles at this point if they keep this up. I don't care. We've seen that move. It's like, again, I'm going to say it one more time. It's like watching Scarface. When you watch Scarface, do you expect Tony Montana to live at the end? No. It doesn't change if you watch the movie 30 times in a row. I know what the Dallas Cowboys are. I've seen it too many times. I know that Stephen A. Smith says it, accident waiting to happen, all that stuff. But I don't watch movies that I know the ending and expect a different ending. I know what happens at the end of Scarface. He doesn't walk out and he doesn't end up living at the end. I am not going to sit there and praise the Dallas Cowboys until they do something that I haven't seen since I was a child. They are not like that. No one's scared. The San Francisco 49ers right now control their own destiny. And as long as they keep winning games, they're going to be fine. And they will, as long as they're healthy. Okay? Steph. Is there anything else? Can we like slander the can we slander the Eagles just a little bit? Comparing the Cowboys to Scarface is hilarious. I saw look. That's anyone insane. Who is, you know what's funny is some there's gonna be someone who listened and watched this watch this podcast and it's like Tony Montana that's the end of Scarface. Spoiler alert. <laughs> like <that. laughs> um, it's just it's it's like I'm not comparing it to Scarface. It's just I'm just trying to think of a movie where the the guy doesn't live at the end. And he's not a good guy by the by the way. Like Tony Montana's not a good guy. Um, but yeah, I I've I've seen like spoiler alert. Scott Bro says. It's just, again, I've seen this movie too many times. I know what happens at the end, right? Like, I know that, you know, Al Pacino's character, Tony Montana, does not make it at the end. So why would I right now, like, watch that movie and say, oh, he might make it this time. I know what you are. You're not that guy. You have not ever been that guy since I've been a child. So why would I now change that? Steph, you said that uh, I've been on, on a little bit of a heater these last few weeks, yeah, man. It's so easy. Yeah. It's but it's so easy to talk about this team right now. It really is. It's super easy to talk about this team. They're just playing. It is. Yeah, it is. And it's crazy to me that since the bye week, like it's just this has been a completely different team, and we're now starting to see other teams kind of fall out of favor uh a little bit. This happens every year. Um and it's just interesting to see it because the 49ers also every year are like this ascending team at this time of the year, which I think is a great place to be. Actually. I I think they prefer it that way. It's pretty obvious. Um, It's worked for them. So let's, let's see how far they go. Wednesday, Grant Cohn from sports illustrated stops by, we call it stats and cone. You mentioned you got sent an email with the odds for assistant coach of the year. Yes. It's interesting because, again, like when it comes to these awards, I feel like people, we don't always apply the same standards. Case in point, top of the odds right now is Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator. He has a a 25% chance of getting the award. Uh, Dan (laughs) Quinn, Cowboys defensive coordinator, is next at 12. Seventh in scoring. Why? Okay, sorry. Let me go through the list and then we could dive on it. Uh, Bobby Slow. Name 49er fans. No, Texans offensive coordinator is at 12.5%. And Brian Schottenheimer, the Cowboys offensive coordinator, is at 7.7%. Your thoughts? Well, the Cowboys do have the number one offense in the league, but the Niners have the number one defense in the league. And if you scroll down, you'll see that Steve Wilkes is like way down. the There he is at 6.2%. Below Todd Munkin, Brian Schottenheimer. Like, what happened when Steve Wilkes... uh, face Brian Schottenheimer what happened 
the Niners destroyed him. Steve Wilkes, I don't get it. So last year, D'Amico Ryans has this defense. They give up 17.2 points per game. He wins coordinator of the year, assistant coach of the year, D'Amico. Now Steve Wilkes takes over the defense. It's better. They're giving up 15.8 points per game. And he's not even top five for coordinator of the year. Cause why? Because he had to move out of the booth. Is that all people remember? I think Steve Wilkes is getting snubbed. I think he's doing a great, great job. What he did to Jalen Hurts is legendary. He essentially exposed Jalen Hurts in a way that the NFL couldn't do for like two and a half years. Steve Wilkes deserves more credit. I would vote for him. I think you have to if you're going to compare him to D'Amico Ryans when D'Amico won it. And by the way, when the Niners were losing and everybody was terrified about the defense, here are the point totals that Steve Wilkes gave up. 19, 22, and then 31 against Cincinnati was, was the one bad game. Other than that, 19 and 22, you would take those point totals every single week if you're the 49ers. So I agree with you. Steve Wilkes is getting the shaft, and he said it, Grant. He said, quote, I am built for this. And he's been right ever since then because coming out of the bye week and even before the bye week, they've been great all year. Great. I don't understand why D'Amico Ryans gets to be coordinator of the year with this defense, but with Steve Wilkes, it's like, ah, well, they're too talented. What? Right. Yes. I mean, yeah, they added Javon Hargrave and Chase Young, but so that takes him out of the, that that makes him not even top five. He's the best defense in the league by far. He smacked freaking Dallas's offense. Brian Schottenheimer. No, no, no. Ben, the guy in Detroit, he's the odds on favorite. Why? And they're playing. They're playing bad lately, too. They have not been good. I agree with you. When I you, think if you can bet on that, Wilkes is a good bet right now. His, his odds are low. He's probably going to win this award. Uh, give him four more weeks. And you can say that, you know, the 49ers have good players on defense, and that's true. But, like, he's also doing a lot with a lot. They give up the fewest points per game, 15.8 points per game. So, yeah, he has good players, but that doesn't guarantee anything. Look at the Eagles' offense. They have good players everywhere. Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. How's the Eagles' offense looking? Not great, right? You can't just roll these guys out there and think that you're going to do good. Like, it's more than that. You need multiple things to be true. Yes, you need good players. You also need good coaching. Yes, Brock Purdy checks it down sometimes and gets a lot of yards after catch. He also throws it deep down the field and gets a lot of air yards per attempt. Why do we have so much trouble with multiple things being true at the same time? I think Steve Wilkes is a better defensive coordinator than D'Amico Ryans, who won coordinator of the year last year. Hmm. Like D'Amico was really good, but he couldn't contain mobile quarterbacks. And he gave up a lot of long passes down the field. Wilkes doesn't give up either of those. Yes. Wilkes has fixed those issues. He said he would, and he did. And he has a better defense. He, he deserves credit, man. No one's talking about him. People were only interested when the Niners were losing. Then they went back to winning, and it's all about Kyle and Brock Purdy in the offense when, like, Steve Wilkes is having an all-time great year. 15.8 points per game in the modern era. That's crazy, man. Don't quote me on this because now it's been a little while since I actually confirmed it, but I believe last year the 49ers gave up more 50-yard pass plays than any team in the league. It was an absolute right. There were a lot. There were a lot. For that defense, and they were a great defense, but that was an Achilles heel for them. And you're right. Steve Wilkes has stopped it. They gave up the fewest explosive plays in the league. Uh, go, I believe that's still I true. wonder how much of that was Talanoa Hufunga. No offense. Good guy, good player, but he like takes chances and he has feelings a lot of times. And I wonder how often he was out of position and leaving guys out to dry. Now the Niners, I mean, they never do that anymore. Very diligent, conservative. And by the way, shout out to Jair Brown, who has come in for Talanoa Hufanga and has had some growing pains, but has made a lot of impact plays and his mistakes have not hurt them at all. I give him a lot of credit because he's really good. He's really good. I mean, I don't know how much uh, weight you put into PFF grades, but he has the third highest grade in their defense right now behind Bosa and Warner. He looks like a legitimate playmaker. He's got, he looks like Talanoa Hufunga, but better in every way, more range, better tackler, harder hitter, better ball skills, um, just better. And the, the idea that they could play together for at least a year, pretty cool. That'd be an interesting uh, secondary to see for sure. Keith Murphy, the unbeaten, says, what about Kyle Shanahan for coach of the year? Has zero chance to win it. He I don't see that. why. Because we don't give coach of the year to the, te- the best team. Sense. I feel like in the NBA, they give the coach of the year, maybe I'm wrong, to the coach of the best team. Like Steve Kerr probably won coach of the year once or twice. 
But Kyle can't. Like, he clearly has the best team in the league this year, and they're going to give it to... They're going to give it to the coach that most exceeds our expectations. Maybe it's D'Amico Ryans. He's definitely up there. I mean, hopefully C.J. Stroud. Let me look right now. I'm going to BetUS, which sponsors my channel. Shout out BetUS. Okay, football. Coach of the year. Yes. Who is it? Right now, the odds-on favorite is... Oh, Dan Campbell and D'Amico. Yeah, people love D'Amico. What about Steve Wilkes? Okay, then you got Mike McDaniel right after him. He just lost to the freaking Titans. With a 14. Kyle Shanahan's creeping up, though. Hold on. Plus 1,000. So so right now, it's D'Amico and, and Dan Campbell tied at one. Those teams are kind of trending down. Mike McDaniel at three. Team trending down. Shane Steichen, who I said the Niners should hire, uh, plus 800. He's four. And then Kyle. Tied with Sean Payton, who is also doing an excellent job. So. If you think Kyle's going to win, that might, now might be the time because yeah. I think the more he wins, the, it seems like his stock is rising and people are kind of realizing like this is the Niners year. And for anyone, Niners going to win awards. If you don't know, plus a thousand means bet a hundred dollars, win a thousand dollars. So that I didn't know what that means. Thank yeah, you. That's what it means. Uh, so if you think Kyle Shanahan's the guy, absolutely get your money in now. Kyle Shanahan took a third string quarterback that was the last pick in the draft that came in not halfway through the year, but, you know, late in the year, won 10 straight games to get into the playoffs and didn't win coach of the year. Why? Because we don't do that. We give it to the team that exceeds our preseason expectations. So Brian Dayball won coach of the year last year, which is an absolute freaking joke. So Kyle's got no shot to win it this year, and he should be in the running, but he won't be. I don't know. I I wouldn't say. I I feel like his odds have jumped a lot in the last couple weeks. Um, I think he was at, like, plus 2,000, plus 2,500 just a couple weeks ago. And the guys at all at the like Mike McDaniel faltering, just lost. D'Amico just lost. I don't know. It really could come down to Kyle and Sean Payton. Sean Payton's doing a great job, by the way. Bill Belichick has three coach of the year awards. I guarantee yeah. you he was the best coach in the league way more than three times. But right. The- and Kyle is none. He's a coordinator of the year. <laughs> Beats and Meats says in May, I said Brock Purdy would have a stronger arm post-surgery and everyone LOL. So ha. But I also thought Bryce Young would be great. So, <laughs> all right. You know what? I appreciate you putting that that second part in there, Beats and Meats. That's very cool. Thursday is the original Gold Standard podcast. That is myself and Levin Black. We do have a very, very special announcement on this show. Something that we've been working on for a little while that, you know, we had to sort of dot our I's and cross our T's and get everything in a row. But starting this Sunday... 8 a.m. Pacific time, 11, you and I are going to have our own show on 95.7 The Game. Every Sunday, 8 a.m., you and me, the gold standard hour on 95.7 The Game, the highest rated radio station in the Bay Area. How excited are you? Have you ever seen those cartoons where a rocket's taken off and there's like a cartoon (laughs) character just holding on? Yeah, that's me with you. (laughs) I'm just holding on. Like, let's be real about it. Uh, I, I'm holding on to the coattails when it comes to that because I had nothing to do with being part of it. Well, you have something to do with being part of it because you're hosting the show with me. Well, you know what I mean? Like, if it wasn't for you there, that wouldn't even have been a conversation I got to have with 95.7. I'm just super excited about it. I'm very grateful to everybody at 95.7 that's putting their faith in us and letting us do this. Uh, they, you know, they don't just hand out airtime. So I appreciate the faith that they're putting in us. I promise you, we will not let you down, but we're trying to get as many eyes and ears on us and the show and the things that we're doing as possible. So uh, we're super excited that that we will be with you every Sunday morning, 8 a.m. through the regular season, maybe beyond. We'll see how it goes. But uh, that is, uh, I'm just excited that 49er fans and more 49er fans are going to be able to hear what we're doing because I think we do it as good as anybody else in the business. And it's going to be a special show. It's not, it's not, oh, we're taking this show right. and making it that. So for the people in the Bay Area that can tune in, it will be a different show than you've gotten because it's not going to be, uh, you know, a podcast show or something on YouTube. It's going to be a special show for 95.7. Right. Exclusive content. Mm-hmm. That's something that you've heard before. So if you already follow us, you've already downloaded the pods. That's awesome. Thank you. But this is going to be something new. And we're, we're bringing the Woody experience to the whole Bay area. <laughs> don't see, don't say that. Now you're going to discourage them. 
Uh, thank you, everybody in the chat for, for all your nice comments. We see you. Thank you, Angel, for the donation. Uh, Cynthia, you've been with us from the beginning. We appreciate you. Uh, shout out to Cynthia and all our YouTube channel members. If you want to become a YouTube channel member, it's less than $3 a month. You get custom emojis, membership badges, priority comment response. It's a great way to support the channel. And if you want to go up to our next tier, I just added a new perk. If you want to become a Good as Gold member, you will get access to 49ers in five the second it's done instead of having to wait until the next day. So if you, you know, if you want to take that step up, it's there for you. But uh, big announcement on the show today. We will be on 95.7 The Game every Sunday morning. Did you purposely take that comment down that I put up from Bay Moran and choose a different one instantly? No. Where was I? This one? The congrats, guys? No. You keep doing it. There you go. <clears throat> I let them embrace the Woody, too. I did not mean that. That's cool. uh, thank you, Kyle. Thank you, everybody in the chat. Yeah, that's our special announcement. We're very excited. Um, again, Spread the word. Yes. Tell a friend. <laughs> tune in, please. Um, you picked an awesome week to have a cold, huh? Yeah. You know, my my voice is going right now. I'll, I'll tell you that. That's why I keep drinking because <clears throat> my kid was deathly sick with like a flu-like symptoms and she must have gotten a cold while going to the uh, uh, ur urgent care on Saturday because oh. she got over the puking and all of that on Monday and instantly got stuffy. And then uh, I don't normally ever get sick. Like she's coughed right on me. I've never gotten sick, but uh, I had a dentist appointment yesterday and I think that allowed it to take hold because I'm feeling it. Yeah. Well, I don't want to hear it. No complaints. You're, right now you sound like the 49ers injury report. Yeah. That's we, starting to get lengthy. We can talk about it. Nine people, Levin, on the injury report for the 49ers, six of them on defense. So well, we don't know yet, you know, who's going to actually play, who's going to be out, but that's not ideal. And, and to me, the 49ers have two priorities the rest of the way. One, get healthy, and two, win the games. And I put those in specific order because they've already clinched a playoff spot. And to me, if everybody's healthy, the 49ers can beat anybody, anywhere, anytime. So, yeah, you'd like to get home field advantage, but the more important thing is health. Because if they had to go on the road for every playoff game, I still think they'd be able to do it. And that's why I'm a little scared going into this week with so many guys not practicing. Yeah, I mean, they're the team nobody wants to see. People would rather see that terrible Philly defense. They would rather see, I think, the Cowboys who – haven't been able to prove that they can get over the hump in the playoffs. They haven't done it on that level. Plus, I think the Cowboys, the defense has done well, but I think that they're a gambling defense that when they play a really good offense, they're more likely to give up points, and we've seen that in a couple games this year. The, the Niners are a team that even if it's a home game for you, your opponent's going, man, I want to play one of those two teams over there. <laughs> like, it, it's a physical game too that that's that's one of the parts of the Niners that everybody hates is that they're gonna wear you down and we've seen that in some recent games where second third fourth quarter the Niners start to really take off and take control and we saw it in the first game against the Cardinals you know we look at the final score and we think oh the Niners whooped them but in reality it was a one score game going into the fourth quarter I know like I said obviously the 49ers ended up winning 35 16 but Sometimes it's a one-score game, and then the Niners eventually pull away, and it happens later than I think we remember. Yeah, I mean, it, it's good to get healthy so that we don't have to worry about that, right? Wouldn't it be nice to just go on one of these playoff runs where it's we're sitting there and cackling in the fourth quarter because we're moving on? You know, that we're texting each other like, hey, do you want to start the post-game show early yep. because the game's not in doubt? Like, that only happens in games that are not in doubt. Hey, let's go ahead and start a minute or two early. Those are the fun times. Those are the times when I really can tell it's been a good week. But the Cardinals have given up some of the most, the highest rushing totals in the league. I think they've given up the third most rushing yards in the entire league. Yep. So what I'm hoping is give CMC the ball early, let him run, build up that lead, and then hopefully you can take him out. You can put Jordan Mason in there or Elijah Mitchell. We don't know what his status is. But put the backups in, and they'll still be able Not to. Not Elijah Mitchell. Mitchell. Might as well just keep him in bubble wrap till the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're right. <laughs> but hopefully that's what the Niners can do. And 
one thing from last week that I don't think a lot of people are talking about, which is good for the 49ers, is Christian McCaffrey had his second fewest touches of the entire season last week. And the Niners still put up 30, still boat race the Seahawks. So if they can kind of do that again and, and manage him a little while also still win, winning and handling their business, that's the best possible scenario. Yeah, let's talk about the game a little bit. Like, this is the Christian McCaffrey game. Like, either the Cardinals are going to stack 10 in the box and just get boat raced deep by Ayuk, or they're going to try to play their normal defense, and Christian McCaffrey's going to uh, have maybe his biggest game of the season. He had, okay, first off, most receiving yards and most catches Christian McCaffrey's had on the season when they played the Cardinals the first time. So there's already a precedence here. He had four touchdowns in that game, highest of the season. Two weeks ago, the Cardinals played the Rams, who run a similar rushing scheme. Guess what happened in that game? Kyron Williams averaged nine yards a carry almost, had over 200 scrimmage yards with the receiving added in. And, oh, by the way, the backup, Royce Freeman, averaged six yards a carry and had 77 yards. They gave up 228 rushing yards, I think, in that game. So, like, this is the game that you come out and you just cram it down their throat until they prove they can stop it. And I don't think they can prove to stop it. So it's going to be a Christian McCaffrey game. It's probably going to be a quick game because the clock's going to be running continuously because it's a rushing game. McCaffrey had 20 carries for 106 yards and three rushing touchdowns in the first game to go along with seven catches, 71 yards, and a receiving touchdown. So that was when he absolutely lit it up. There's no reason to think they can't do it again. There's just no reason to think that. And hopefully they do. And hopefully they do it early, like I said, because to me, their biggest number one priority down the stretch is getting it as physically healthy as possible. And by the way, the last three matchups between these two two teams, the Niners had 38 points, 38 points, and 35 points. (laughs) The Cardinals never had more than 16. And one of those games, by the way, was Jimmy Garoppolo. So they did it even with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I think there was a period when the Cardinals were the team that had the Niners number in the division. You know, because there there was 2018, I think they swept us. 2020, I think they swept us. The last three years, it's been no contests, right? There there was the one-off with Colt McCoy that Trey Lance lost. But other than that one game, the Niners have been absolutely dominating them. And they've played them three times in the last two seasons, obviously, because the fourth one's about to come. And they've absolutely destroyed them. And the Cardinals have had no answer for this offense. So to me, like, this is a game that the Niners should be putting up 30-plus. And that means in order for the Cardinals to win, they got to put up 30-plus. And that's just not going to happen. We close out the week on Friday with the Gold Diggers podcast. Myself and Michelle Majuk from NFL Network break down the Niners matchup that week from a gambling and fantasy perspective. Best bets for the show. I always start it off. Give me your fastball guaranteed. You got one bet to make this week. Where are you going? And by the way, last week we killed it. We killed it on the Debo over. We killed it on the McCaffrey hit is over on one freaking play. So we're rolling right now. Yeah, I was three for three last week. Let's try to do that again. Debo, this is just the easiest one out there. I mean, I feel like it's cheating, and the odds are fine. Like, it's not, it, you'll make plenty of money on your bet. It's like, I think, minus 110. I'll take that. But Debo Samuel, over 58 and a half receiving yards. I mean, he's had at least 60 yards in each of the last four games. I mean, it just keeps increasing every week. 63, 79, 116, 149. So what are we going to get this week? 170? Who knows? But the Cardinals are giving up the second most uh, yards per target to wide receivers this season. Arizona plays a lot of zone defense, one of the highest rates in the NFL. No player has more receiving yards than Debo against the zone after the last four weeks. It's not even close. Like, it's Debo at 407, Tyreek Hill at 341, Devonta Smith at 338, and no one else has more than 300. And again, Debo's at 407 over the last four weeks. And he's averaging 19 and a half yards per reception against Ooh. zone during that span. So if you want to take his over longest of 23 and a half longest reception, I like that as well. I love that bet. That is fantastic. And you you kind of touched on it in the beginning. I had trouble picking best bets this week because all the 49er bets are like terrible odds. It's all like minus 170, which if you don't know, that means in order to win $100, you'd have to bet 170. So it's like, yeah, yeah I might win this, but I'm going to have to put up so much money to win very little. It's not really worth it. But you found a good one there. 
I like the Debo over 58 and a half. Kyle Shanahan said this week he's playing the best ball of his career. I think he is. He is just at another level. He's so dangerous every time he touches the ball, no matter where it is. If it's in the backfield, if it's on a screen, if it's deeper down the field, every time he touches the ball, he's a touchdown threat. And it has added so much to this offense. So I'm with you. Debo over 50 and a half. That is fantastic. I actually didn't see that one. So good job, you. So I actually have one that goes with this touchdown since you just brought it up. It's a fun sure. one that they have on DraftKings. Can I say it before you go into yours? Yes, yes. Okay, so it's called Fresh from the Field. It's one of their like special picks of the week that they, they came up with. So you have to have a Debo Samuel rushing touchdown and a Debo Samuel receiving touchdown to win. But it's plus 750. So if you bet $100, you win $750. Or if you're a normal better, you bet $10, you win $75, right? <laughs> Don't go too crazy here. But, I mean, we've seen him do this in each of the last two weeks. Now, for him to do it in a third week, it's a stretch, right? And that's why it's plus 750 odds because the probability should not be very high for this. But he has a rushing touchdown in each of the last three weeks and in four of the last five games. The Cardinals have allowed the fourth most passing touchdowns and the fifth most rushing touchdowns. And this is just a little fun note. There have been 18 instances of a player having a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown in a game this this season across the whole league, right? 18. The 49ers have five of those instances, (laughs) five of those 18, three from Christian McCaffrey and two from Devo. And the Cardinals allowed two of those 18 instances. One of them was CMC against the Cardinals, and then one was Saquon Barkley against the Cardinals. So I... You know what? For plus 750, we've seen Devo do it each of the last two weeks. They clearly like to use him around the goal line right now. I'm I'm fine with this bet. I like it a lot. You know how I think you get it? Because I feel like they haven't really done as much with the Debo running. I know they did last week because he got stopped like an inch short of the goal line and they wanted to get him the touchdown. But you people might not remember. There was a play in the first game where Brock throws it to McCaffrey. And he hurtled the guy and ran into the end zone. But because Brock threw it just a little backwards, it actually counted as a rushing TD, not a receiving TD. You may be able to steal a Debo rushing TD that way to where like Brock throws the ball, but because it's a little bit backwards, it's a rushing TD. So uh, those odds are so good. Did you say plus 700? 750, plus 750. I, I have to. This I have is what, just like 10 bucks. Don't get crazy. Don't don't yeah. throw away your money. But 10 bucks to win 75. And when he, when he's done it each of the last two weeks, I, I like it. I like taking those chances. Flynn West says, Michelle, you are by far the best part of this network. Fridays are my favorite days because of you. Rob, you're Make okay. You blush us. over here. <laughs> uh, M. Patel says it's unlikely. That's why it's plus 750. Yes, we know it's unlikely. But the point is, there there comes a point where the odds are so good. That it's like, all right, I'll just put down a little because if it happens to hit, I'm going to risk so little to gain so much. So I'm, and this I'm, is why Vegas is rich, you know? <laughs> this is why sports folks do so well because of you and I. Being of course. Like, like, look at these odds. If it hits, it's great. But also at the same time, he has done it in each of the last two weeks, and that's why they're baiting people 100%. This is bait. <laughs> like, I get it. I get what the sports books are doing, but it doesn't seem that crazy to me in this matchup that Debo would do this. I, it's not a hard matchup at all. They are allowing the most pa- or fifth most passing, fourth most rushing touchdowns this year. Like, there's going to be scoring in this game, and you know they like to use Debo right now. Debo's on fire. Stay in those flames. Yeah, he's, honestly, he's playing as good as he did in 2021, which is saying something because that was one of the most historic seasons we've ever seen. My first best bet, I like this one. Christian McCaffrey, two-plus touchdowns. It's plus money. It's plus 140, so I, you know I like that. Obviously, McCaffrey... Look, he's incredible. He can score a rushing, receiving touchdown every week if he wants to. He had seven catches when they played the Cardinals earlier this year. Seven for 71 and a touchdown. He also had 20 carries for 106 and three touchdowns. I just Here's, here's all you need to know. You can bet a bunch of guys to have two-plus touchdowns in the game. McCaffrey's odds are plus 140. The next closest person in the entire game, their odds is Debo, and it's plus 600. So... They're telling you that out of anybody in this game, they think McCaffrey is the best bet to have two plus touchdowns. It doesn't matter if they're two receiving, two rushing, whatever. So to me, this is the most attractive bet. Yeah. And if you're going to bet the other one, right, then I don't, I doubt they would let you also add in the Devo two touchdowns because that's pretty much the same bet. But that would be pretty sick if you could do that. Uh, Yeah. I mean, if anyone's going to score two touchdowns, 
in the league. I mean, CMC seems like a pretty safe bet, right? I mean, went off on them. He always goes off on the Cardinals. He always goes off on all NFC West teams. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive. I'm going to get into his scrimmage yards per game uh, notes here in a second after you give me your second best bet. And I feel like he's kind of been quieter when it comes to the touchdowns. Maybe I'm wrong, but you know, last week he had his second fewest touchdowns that he's had, or second fewest touches that he's had all year. It was kind of like, and they still put up 30 points, by the way. I don't know. I think we see like a little CMC resurgence. Uh, so I'm going to go with that. Um, my next one, I'm going Kyler over 0.5 interceptions. So at least one interception for Kyler Murray. The Niners, I believe, are leading the league in interceptions this year. They're just around. The secondary is around the ball constantly. Jair Brown has come into the lineup and immediately started getting interceptions. Charvarius Ward is around the ball every week. He had a drop pick last week. Diamador Lenore had a pick taken away because Nick Bosa was offsides, which Bosa actually apologized to him for. And Kyler, like you said earlier, hasn't quite really been as sharp. So I'm going to go Kyler Murray, at least one interception. Now it's minus 160, which I don't like, but I feel really confident he's going to get it. Yeah, he should get it. And like I brought up, he's really bad under pressure and he's throwing a, a ton of interceptions under pressure over the last two years. So if if Nick Bosa or anyone else can put pressure on Kyler Murray, we know it's going to happen. They're leading the league in quarterback pressures uh, this year. Then Kyler's more likely to throw an interception. So like you said, even though it's it's not the biggest of payouts, it feels like there's a really strong possibility of it happening. So give me Kyler. I'm as a passer. He's never scared me. He can throw the ball. Like he has a good arm, but like he just, it's never, he never puts it together. He, I feel like he should be better than he is, but this is not a small sample size now with Kyler Murray. So also I like the fact this is just a sneaky thing. Niners are going to be wearing the red jerseys, even though they're in Arizona. I don't know. Something about that makes me feel good. The crowd is is supposedly going to be 61% Niner fans, and we know how good the Niners are at home. So I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling that. So the Cardinals are wearing white? Yes. Okay. Because I was like, that could be really confusing. They're both yeah. wearing red. Yeah, they don't let people do that, right? No. <laughs> no. That is it's not. not always home teams wear white? I thought... No, home teams usually don't wear white. They yeah, that's what I was Cowboys. thinking. Okay. The Cowboys are the only team. The Cowboys basically wear white all the time because they're they're the Cowboys. Um, but usually you wear the color jersey at home. Okay, great. I like the Cowboys white jerseys though. You know what's so weird? My wife last night just asked me what what jersey or what uniform do you think you would look the best in if you had to wear a uniform? And I said the Cowboys white. <laughs> white uh, jerseys and pants. I think that would be the, you know, the sharpest. Oh, you're going all white. Yeah. Yeah. All white. Hmm. Do they not wear white pants? Oh, they no, wear like a light blue. That was weird. That's. Oh, you know what? I didn't say Cowboys. I said the Colts when they were, they're all white. Uh, Colts. I don't know. I don't think I would look good. I'm 140 pounds. So I don't think I could pull off the football Jersey. Look, you would have to go with the white because you're, you're slim. Why is the white ad make you look bigger? Yeah. Well, all right. That's the secret then. Okay. So I've given my two best bets. What is your third best bet? All right. So I'm just going with this. I'm, I, I'm going with the stars and I'm fine with that. So I'm going Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> this number is insane. Over 120 and a half scrimmage yards. And you know what? It's fair. It's fair that they have it that high because A, he's averaging 136.5 scrimmage yards per game and his six career games against the Cardinals. By the way, he also has seven touchdowns over those six games. So he has at least 100-plus scrimmage yards in five of six games against the Cardinals. We just saw him against the Cardinals in week four put up 177 total yards. So obviously, like, we just feel good about that with Christian McCaffrey. He does it pretty much every game. But I wanted to just give a fun little note just about him against the NFC West in his career. So he's averaged 147 0.6 0.6 scrimmage yards per game versus the NFC West in his career. That's the most by any player versus any division since 1950, minimum 15 games played. This is the leaderboard, right? Versus any division by any player. So it's Christian McCaffrey first. Second is Clinton Portis against the AFC West. Third is Marshall Falk against the NFC West. Fourth is Barry Sanders against the NFC Central. And then fifth is um, uh, Walter Payton 
against the NFC West, which is funny. That's a lot of NFC West there that I just named. But uh, so a bunch of Hall of Famers and Clinton Portis and then Christian McCaffrey. Pretty cool. I didn't realize it was that high. That's crazy. Oh, it's not even close to the next one. So Clinton Portis is the second highest. It's at 132. And again, Christian McCaffrey's at 147. It's 15 more yards per game. He's averaging more than the next closest person. It's basically 150 yards per game by McCaffrey. He has been so much better than I ever thought he was going to be. And I thought he could be pretty good if he stayed healthy. He's been fantastic. Um, And as Thomas points out, Clinton Portis, another one of those Shanahan gems. Yeah, absolutely. He's played well there um okay i'm seeing a couple of things in the chat that i wanted to get to um m patel oh sorry the comments keep coming in m patel says kyle's radio show he said he felt bad about the mason touchdown over mccaffrey i think kyle makes it up christian mccaffrey touchdown yeah i know mccaffrey basically said like i didn't want to come out of the game after he hit that 70 yarder on play one uh i i think he's definitely going to get into the end zone once i i think he's going twice that's why i have that bet earlier i actually found one I'm going to take an under, Michelle. I don't oh, want to do it, but... I thought I, about taking an under, too, so I'm very interested to see if it's the same one. Okay, I'm going to go George Kittle under 46 and a half receiving yards in the game. One, he didn't have a big game when they played earlier this year. He had one catch for nine yards, and he only had one target in the game. So that's one. Two, Arizona gives up the third fewest yards to the tight end in the league. So they're good against the tight end. The Niners didn't try it. And Kyle told the Fox production crew last week that we don't like game plan for players. We attack coverages and the ball goes where the ball goes. Well, the Cardinals coverages have shown that they don't allow a lot to tight end and Kyle's not going to force it. So I just think the Kittle, this is going to be a quiet Kittle game this week. He's going to block. He's going to do all the other stuff, but I think he's not going over 46 and a half receiving yards. I think that that's fair. If we think Debo is going to go off, we think Christian McCaffrey is going to be involved as a passer. Now, like there is something to say here. Purdy does average over 80 fewer passing yards per game on the road than at home. So if we go based off that, I mean, he's averaging 234 passing yards per game on the road this year. There's not going to be all these receiving yards to go around as there are at home. So we think Diva's going to have a big game. Ayuk will get his. Christian McCaffrey will get his. There might just not be enough passing attempts and passing yards to go around to George Kittle. So I don't mind that. But also, I never like betting on George Kittle. I feel like I'm never right about that man, ever, ever. Well, and I think he's also done a good job this year of sort of maximizing the targets and the catches that he does get. I mean, even yeah. last week, he put up a good yardage total, but I think he only had like three or four catches in the whole game. Um, so he's been... You know, he's been maximizing what he does get. We didn't talk about this. I should have mentioned it earlier. Maybe you don't think this is a big deal. I don't know. Brock Purdy from Arizona. First time. This is Brock's first time playing in Arizona because when they, the quote unquote road game against the Cardinals last year was in Mexico City. So Brock has never actually returned home to play. He talked about he's got, you know, a lot of tickets and friends, family going. Does that maybe make you think that maybe he improves on some of those road numbers or do you think it's not a big deal? So listen, when I say the road numbers, this is what's so funny, right? So his at home passer ratings, 131.7 absurd. It drops down all the way to 104.4. So that's nearly (laughs) a 40 point drop, right? Listen to this. That's nearly a 40 point drop. And he still leads all qualified quarterbacks and passer rating on the road this year. His 104.4 is the highest passer rating among all qualified quarterbacks this year. So even though it drops dramatically, right, from home to road, he's still the best on the road among all quarterbacks. So, no, I don't think – I mean, it's really fun for him and cool and maybe gives him extra motivation. But what is he going to do, go from being elite to being more elite? I don't know. (laughs) He was asked this week, are you a game manager? And – he said, you know, oh, shucks, you know, I'm not, I don't want to answer that, whatever. I'm just trying to win games. But the look on his face, Michelle, like he he just had that look in his eye like, oh, yeah, you'll see. I'll show you if you think I'm a game manager. And, you know, he always says, oh, shucks. But then when he gets on the field, he's always like, bleep you. I'm the best. So I think maybe he's got a little something this week. I feel like he's really good with the media. Yes. Like he doesn't give them anything to like hold on to and use against him. He knows how to answer. Right. But then when he gets on the field, he's very 
borderline cocky. Like he's extremely confident. I love that though. On the field, he has like a, a Baker Mayfield type personality on the field, but then he doesn't have it off the field, which is what really started to annoy people about Baker was the off the field antics, right on the field. Brock or Baker Mayfield's a blast to watch when he's good. Right. So you like that kind of energy and it, it, it seems like all teammates of Baker like that kind of energy too. And that energy that Brock brings is similar. And that just like hyped up the whole team. You need that kind of energy. Like you see like a Daniel Jones and you just feel like there's nothing coming from that man. You're giving nothing to your team whatsoever, like for energy wise. And I think that ends up hurting the whole offense around when you have a quarterback that just has no energy. Confidence is contagious. And I, that's something that Brock has always had. He's always run the huddle and commanded the huddle in a way that was different. Uh, I, one of the complaints on Trey Lance was that at least at first he was not as, you know, um, assertive in the huddle and stuff. And Brock's getting in the huddle and he's telling George Carroll to shut the hell up so he can call the play. Like that has an effect on people. It rubs off on people. And I think the Niners sort of feed off that a little bit, especially when you get into, you know, dicey situations, tense third and long, or you're trailing on the scoreboard, or there's just a penalty, whatever the case may be. If you've got a guy that back there, that's like, don't worry, I got this. Let's go. I think it matters. Oh, it 1000% matters. I mean, just think about everyday life when you're around people who have a lot of energy and confidence, like, everything feels like you're like ready to go so much more than being around someone that's just so far quiet or negative or like not as confident like that that just rubs off on people 100 percent. do you have any more best bets i don't those are my three did you give three well i have one more that i'm sort of on the fence about and yes i did give three i gave the christian mccaffrey two plus touchdowns kyler at least one interception and the kittle under jake moody over three and a half extra points I feel like the Niners are going to score four touchdowns in the game. And yeah, they, they yeah. should. They should. But that's, that's a bold one. That's a bold one. He hasn't kicked a field goal in a long time, by the way, because the Niners have just been scoring touchdowns all the time. Um, I think I'm going to go over the three and a half extra points. He hasn't missed an extra point all year long, by the way. Oh, I'm jinxing him. You're yeah. jinxing him. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. Thanks again to everyone for listening. Quick reminder, you can join us Sunday morning on 95.7 The Game. Me and Levin Black do a show, a brand new show, not a podcast, brand new show, just starting Sunday, 8 a.m. We'll be there through the rest of the regular season. Please join us for that. And, of course, after the game, Instant Reaction Podcast on the Gold Standard Network YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitch page. Hopefully, we are celebrating an NFC West championship. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. We'll talk on Sunday.